リンクスタート先輩先輩 She's a light guy, all these lollies call me Rubbing on her thighs, she stay wet for her Shawty so kawaii and would die for her Ride and watch hentai all the time with What up, weebs? And welcome into another riveting edition of the Anime Senpai Podcast. Thank you, fans, for the riveting applause, and I am so grateful that every single one of you is not only here in attendance, but also watching me live on Twitch or TikTok to sit front row and to enjoy the best of the best anime podcasts in all the land that you have never listened to before in your life. It is a great honor and privilege to sit down with you every single week to not only talk about the glorious world of anime, but to go deep, dark, and corroded, and to look past the may of what everyone says is not right to wrong to find world's end like they did in pirates of caribbean to save jack sparrow and to come back with so much rum our bums are numb <laughs> it's gonna be a great time tonight so before we move forward take all of my love my positivity and all of my affection because it is up to all of us to unite as strong as ever especially in this pivotal moment of time when aliens are among us everything is burning the food shortages are coming but at least we can all sit down and watch a live show together so i love you guys i hope your life is going well and without a doubt everything will get better stay positive and i'm sure things will change so my life has been beyond hectic. You guys know that I love to start the podcast with telling you guys a little bit of a rant with Senpai and what's been going on behind the scenes. So not only did Friday on my way home from the radio station, did my car decide to poop on itself. And keep in mind, the car market is one of the most craziest things you can ever get into. I don't know if you've ever been privy to buying yourself a new car, a used car, buying it from a friend or family, or going to the cesspool of these car dealerships where these people literally take advantage of you like piranhas in a water. It's crazy to say, I was somebody who has always loved Subarus. This is not a diss on Subaru. This is not an ad or a public statement. They have not sponsored this video as of yet. But I am somebody who always wanted a Subaru growing up. I call her Ruby. She's my favorite. R-W-B-Y. It's a Subaru WRX STI. She's Ruby Red. I absolutely love her. But she does not love me. For some reason, these head gaskets, and I mean dear God almighty... I feel like they just got shot a second time. And the craziest part is, I don't even drive the car crazy. Whoever had the car before me must have ran into the ground. So now I'm literally stuck, helpless, with no car. I had to spend the entire day redoing my entire streaming room for you guys to start doing live streams. I'm planning to start doing 24-hour live streams. And that's why I put a bed in here so I can sleep when I need to on the live stream. I promise you guys... Everything's getting better, but Senpai's life has been hectic. So hopefully you guys have seen the new room. Hopefully you guys like the new stream setup. And also go follow on Twitch if you haven't yet to be a part of this great new adventure because these daily streams for you guys are something I promise you nobody else is doing. And that's why I am doing it is to set the bar higher for everybody else. So enough about me complaining. <laughs> enough about me venting about cars and this shit world and problems I'm having. But it's okay. Guess what? Nobody's hurt. So Senpai's fine. I had something I wanted to talk about today. 
and I was planning through a plethora of things, what did I want to sit down and bring to your guys' attention? Did I want to talk about the fact that there's some very interesting anime fans in the community today? That there's different levels of degrees of anime fandom, and depending on who you know and how you watch anime, can not only define you as a person, but is also building the aura and atmosphere of the anime landscape, and is why these conventions now are overly effing packed and swamped and smelly. But I did not have time to prepare that show. So I also thought, what else could I do? Could I go into the deep down S tier rankings of the best protagonists and antagonists and tell you exactly why they are rated in a certain concept? No, because I spent too long redoing the stream room. So today I'm using something I've been sitting on and I want to talk to you guys about the most hated and I mean over hated anime shows and anime characters. It is beyond me to know that any type of anime show that is out there, there are absolutely haters. There are absolutely people who want to shit on every fiber of these characters or shows because, number one, it either depends on the societal measures, what social media has portrayed them as, or by gosh almighty how we feel watching these shows and how they have affected us over these days, over our time, and our watching, viewing pleasure, right? Our mass consumption of focus has been so warped. And I mean, it's insane that people don't realize anime is on a whole nother level. Anime literally is in gear five mode of One Piece. Do you guys understand that anime right now is in such a crazy pivotal time? There is so many oversaturation of anime shows. We are hating shows just to hate. Do you guys really understand that? There are so many shows that I have watched that I'm going to defend today because I promise you, not only am I going to be the plaintiff, not only am I going to be the sheriff, not only am I going to be the judge, jury, and executioner, and also the defender and prosecutor, I'm going to take charge and stand strong for some of these characters that y'all be hating just to hate and it pisses me off. Your guys, some of you have been hating on certain shows that are literally staples in the anime world just because you want to. And that is flabbergasting to me, flabbergasting. How is it that we can literally sit here and hate on certain shows or characters without understanding the complexity that has been given through them or just the downright trolliness or the over-the-top loot or etchiness that certain shows are supposed to carry because it's supposed to be fun. Why do you think shonens are the number one platform in anime today? It's because it was made for kids, just like cartoons. But there's levels to it. That's why there's seinen's. That's why there's all of these other progressions of slice of life, rom-coms, whatever you're into, there is something there. But I'm devastated. I am literally hurt inside to know that so many of my favorite shows that not only I grew up watching, but just people shit on all the time. It's crazy to me. I literally have behind me an anime character, literally right behind my head right here that people have shit on 75 ways, and that's not even starting the high complexity of what they say about this man. Not Godzilla, the man above him. I think the perfect place to start this rant and getting into this conversation and basically telling you my case of why I think people just hate to hate, Kirito from Sword Art Online. Now understand, I have said this on plenty of podcasts before this one. And if this is your first time listening, hi, you came in at such a great time to hear Senpai Rift. I am utterly upset that people don't understand what Sword Art Online was trying to portray to you. Sure, it can get weird. 
Sure, when things get oversaturated or the marketplace gets flustered with fandom, it can be very hard to follow up something and to carry it further. I'm not arguing that. I still am baffled that Oda is able to get so many people to ride or die with One Piece for over 20 years. The only other anime that has been this long that's still kind of releasing to this day is none other, and I truly mean this, none other than Pokemon, Naruto, but Naruto has like its off Shippuden and all this other stuff as well, Boruto. One Piece is doing something that is incredible to me. And the fact that there is so many people who ride or die or hate on it, but don't see the concept that it is really not that different from Sword Art Online. Let me tell you why. Kirito is somebody who has literally, and I mean, it pisses me off. Kirito gets hated on for just existing. Think about that. Kirito literally is hated for existing. Now, I understand there is a lot of people within our life that aren't privy or fans of certain things people are doing. Trust me, I understand it. The world as a whole, we could sit down. I'm not even talking about anime. I'm talking about the complexity of life. We could sit here and do an etchy sketch of every single person and be like, what is he doing? Oh God, oh God almighty, and just cross. I get it. But Kirito was a character who was created to show you the recluseness of somebody who is almost like a hermit in a sense. This kid did not fit in the natural world. He did not care for it. He was somebody who was complexly comfortable with just playing video games. And keep in mind, this is in a future kind of society, which we're not far from, of a full dive technology that has finally been released for the first time. And Kirito found himself in love with video gaming. I myself absolutely love video gaming. Do you know why? Who is comfortable in this shit world today looking around and saying it's done right? Who's really comfortable looking around the world we're living in and saying everything is Humpty Dumpty Glory Dory. We're living just how we're supposed to. Like, do you guys really fathom this? People aren't supposed to be working nine to five jobs, doing all this bullshit, trying to just survive and get by. All these freaking rich celebrity people don't give two fucks about us. It's like the world is so upside down. Kirito found a place he felt connected to, which was video gaming, fantasy base, a world that takes you away from your own and puts you into something that feels naturally acceptable. Something that literally connects you to a different realm of experience that you couldn't get on your own. Some people might say he was escaping reality. What's to escape if we're not in true reality? How is it that Kirito, by just existing and showing you so much depth through a character through only three seasons... Do you know how many people always argue this conversation with me and say that Luffy is one of the most complex characters they've ever seen? It's been 20 fucking years. I hope he is. Thank you for the follow. It's insane to me that people really don't register or understand the effects that this is something more. This is something more complex. This is not something that's just simplified in a character to make you feel a certain type of way. Right? So we're understanding the process here. We're all understanding together that Kirito is a reflection of the things we don't like of ourselves. 
This isn't some shrink stuff. I'm not sitting here with my glasses and it's running down the... So, Mr. Johnson, how did it feel when Deborah told you she does not like you? This isn't that. This is literally me telling you, we find things we hate about ourselves in anime characters and hate them for it. I'm here to give you the truth. It's not easy to accept. Kid Ito shows you in the first season, he finds a place he feels most comfortable. And it turns into the place that's supposed to kill him. And in doing so, he finds a way to not only help people around him. My boy Klein, by the way, which is one of the broiest of bros. I love my bros in anime. Klein literally snatched this boy and told him on the first day of release, bro, show me how to play this game. Kirito could have bailed. Kirito could have said, yo, kick rocks, my guy. I know the secret pubbing spots to go farm to get my shit in order. He stayed and helped this dude. Do you know why? Because he felt a part of it. I'm sure if I ask you guys, if you're a video gamer, have you ever stumbled across a player within whatever game you were playing that just kind of wanted to help you and you didn't even ask for it? You didn't even want it? There's people like that that are just good souls that help people in places they can. So I'm telling you, Kirito showed right there his empathy, compassion, and his purpose within a place he felt accepted and thought to himself without even realizing, why wouldn't I help this guy? I know I can, so I would be dumb if I didn't. And so he did. Now we go through the progression of Sword Art Online, right? It changes from the first half of Aincrad into Alfheim. Sure, Alfheim gets weird. That Sugo guy, or whatever his name is, the dude that's just so over the top, just overly addicted to Asuna, which is like, that guy is literally Simpzilla. That's a term that I think we need to start pubbing in the anime community is Simpzilla. This guy right here, you know Godzilla right over here? We need to start pubbing Simpzilla. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, it's honestly crazy to me that Sugo turned into such a over-the-top simp. He made his life's mission to control Asuna and keep her in this game, which is also another hated character, but I think it's justified. That guy was a piece of shit. He also hurts the male stigma of why a lot of guys turn into simps. It's terrible, but that's for another podcast. I still think it shows you Kirito dives headfirst back into a video game that he had no purpose going back to. And he did. He jumped at it because he wanted to help. And that's incredible to me. And I love it. The fact of the matter is, Kirito within three seasons of Sword Art Online shows you his progression of not only as a character, the ambitions he shows to bettering the world around him. And especially in Gun Gale, which by the way, I hated Gun Gale. I'm somebody who also says Sword Art Online is nowhere near one of the best shows ever made. But I actually disliked Gungale because I hated how he folded like a wet paper towel. I hated how he started to regret every action he has done building up to where he was. But it still showed humanity. It showed he was human. He was mortal. And he suffered from things a lot of us do. So Kirito as a character is way overhated. People hate on him just to hate on him. And that's also true for Sword Art Online. If you've ever sat down and watched the entirety of Sword Art Online, which I applaud you, it's attention spans are shorter than ever, that's why we can barely watch Goldfish. If you watch the entirety of Sword Art Online and don't get something from it or enjoy some kind of aspect of it, because it relates to the gamers, it's literally the grandfather of isekais. Can we really have this conversation? Can we really talk about this logically and realistically? Sword Art Online is the birth of isekais, and it started it. And it's, it's sensational for every aspect about it. So that's why, to me, certain shows are supposed to not be good in certain attributes. Because it shows you if you're really paying attention and are connected to what the story is trying to show you. And again, 
As I started this rant, it shows you things of self reflected in characters you disliked. I hated that when I was a kid and I was younger, I was like Kirito. When I did things and did the right actions for myself or to better myself in situations or to go the right paths I needed to, I started to regret them as time went on. And I hated that when I saw Kirito do it because I did it and it pissed me off seeing somebody else do it. Made you remember. That's why a lot of people don't like to see that stuff. And so I understand why a lot of people hate Kirito. They try to say he's not strong, but that's inaccurate. I mean, look at the relationship and the bond he, he has with Asuna and the entire world of friends he makes. Sure, there's ha harem elements. Sure, Lisbeth and all these other ones start to fall. I get it. That's fine. It's anime. There's certain genres and they have to fill their tropes. But the fact of the matter is, it is overhated for a complexity of reasons. But the simple factor is, I think it's just turned into a stigma of people don't like the show just to not like it. And that's okay. There is no accurate reason other than saying the shift between season one from first half to second half was jarring. I get it. It's hard to follow up something that tough. It's really hard to walk into an arena. Let's say you're a UFC fighter, right? Say in your first appearance in like a global fight, right? You walk into the stage. Let's use Conor McGregor. This dude walks into the ring, talks his smack, acts like he's the biggest dude with his walk around the stand and knocks a guy out in five seconds. Guess what everybody is expecting that next fight? The same, if not better. Do you know how hard it is to appeal to that kind of narrative? Why do you think Ronda Rousey got her face punched in by Holly Holmes and has never been seen since? It's hard to come back when you get hit in the face with something. That's what happened in Sword Art Online. It was a great start and it fell off. That's okay. I still think it's beautifully done. I still think to this day, it's way overhated. And Kirito, as an uh, MC and a main character, he deserves a little bit more attributes of positivity towards himself because he has done a lot of things a lot of anime characters were unable to do. Just saying. But that's the first one on the list. Now, as I'm getting sweaty, because you know I love to do the Saitama summer routine and never turn AC on, I want to talk about another show and character as well in it. I'm going to hit you with a few of these off the top with characters and shows that are back-to-back -back connected with being overhated. Darling in the Franks. Now, it is almost despicable to see how many people like to shit and take a doo-doo supreme Sunday on Zero Two. She was a sex symbol in the culture for a cool minute when that show came out. Zero Two was an icon for a cool minute in the populace of anime fandom for what she did and her appeal of how her character was formulated and created. Zero Two, and I kid you not, is the founding mistress to some of your favorite modern day characters. And I know that's hard to hear. Zero Two is literally, and I mean quite literally, the perfect example of accepting yourself. Tell me I'm wrong. There is nobody out there that will ever be able to tell me that Zero Two was not one of the most empathetic characters to feel for when she was made to just be used and abused. To be used as a prototype science experiment to find the way, a little bit of spoilers here if you haven't seen the show, of making the Kalaxosauruses connected back to the human element and to also help them fight off this secret verm or enemy that they're facing, which they think is the Kalaxosauruses, 
but it's really themselves. Do you know that Vrim, Verm, and Darling in the Franks, and people all the time, thank you for the follow on Twitch, people all the time hate on Darling in the Franks. All the time. Do you know how many people I want to stand up and just look at them and punch them through a wall? I literally want to walk up to these people and just, are you shitting me? How is it that you feel comfortable hating on a show, especially the ending, when the entirety of the show, I can sum it up perfectly for you. Are you ready? It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. I'll even do it like Miss Cleo did back in the way. It's not about the destination, love. It's about the journey. Thank you for the follow on Twitch. It's not about how the show ends. Do you understand this? Why do you think Oda is called Goda? He ain't worried about ending the show. He's worried about getting you to buy some more manga, to buy some more action figures, to follow along till there's another Gear 7 or something. I know there's not. I've read some, but I'm just saying. The fact of the matter is, Darling in the Franks is the perfect example of youth embodied in a world of these adults who have obtained immortality and are now focal pointed on using them to fight the enemy they don't even tell you is the enemy. And the craziest part, it's not even the people they tell you are the enemy. They lie to them the entire time. A true reflection of society and us always looking at the wrong enemy and told it's those dudes when it's the people pointing at them. Darling in the Franks shook me. There's a reason I have zero two tat. Oh, sorry. I can't. Hold on. TikTok side. I have zero two tattooed on my arm. There's a reason Zero Two is prevalent as one of the most iconic anime characters, not even from a female standpoint, in general, of one of the most iconic anime characters. This girl was a lab rat. Finally, somehow, someway, people believe in coincidences. There's no such thing as coincidences. Everything is meant to be. She runs into Hero, who turns into her... Hero! Dog, it's so simple, yet poetic. I'm getting hyped, I know. <laughs> Shit gets me excited. The fact of the matter is, Hero is also a very overhated character. People in this show, and I kid you not, if you ask me to give you one show, I always hear people say something negative about, not only SAO, it's Darling in the Franks. Darling in the Franks, and I mean this when I say this, Darling in the Franks is one of those most inspiring shows of not only loving yourself and accepting oneself, but realizing you never know what the heck people are going through. And I mean this when I say this. We never truly know the complexities of what people are suffering from. So why do you think social media has so much hate on it? It's a form of getting anger out. People can't always afford shrinks or therapy. So what do they do? Their therapy is social media. They get on their phones and they're like, ah, it's not Deborah. It's what people do. That's why Darling in the Franks is one of the most inspiring shows I've seen. Because as soon as I got connected to Hero and you see that he is not able to pilot a mech. Why? Why? What's happening with this kid? Everybody else can pilot mechs. What's wrong with this dude? And then he meets a girl 
who nobody can pilot with. She kills them, literally. She takes too much energy. Succubus. Watch out for those succubuses, young men. And they meet and form that bond. And the coolest part is, the entire time this show's going on, they have you in the Neon Genesis mindset. They make you believe the entire time of Darling and the Franks, this is like Neon Genesis. Oh, Shinji, which might be on this fucking list too, by the way. Oh, Shinji, he's fighting the angels. He's trying to save the world. It's all up to him to save everything from these mech battles. The angels get crazier. Oh, wait, the mechs never mattered? Oh, wait, that's not the point of the show? Death threats, death threats, death threats. <laughs> like, dude, that was what this show was all about. And I'm here to explain it to you. The hate that Zero Two gets for merely being what she was, I get it as like the jealous girl mentality is the way I see it. Women didn't like how beautiful Zero Two was designed. They didn't like how so much of the community was opening and welcoming to her, especially seeing how she was considered to be this enemy and hurting people and killing them. But in theory, she was the one being used. She just found a way to use those using her. She finally finds somebody who accepted her for her. And the entire time Zero Two is trying to become human, Hero taught her, you were good with who you were. You were created the right way. And being human was no better than being what you were, a Calaxosaurus kind of hybrid, right? That's why that show is so incredible to me. That's why to this day, I still ride or die with Darling in the Franks. Sure, I'm not an idiot. Of course the ending was rushed. I know it was. We literally went from Vrim being exposed to all of a sudden, thank you for the gift, Angel. We got exposed to Vrim, right? And this is literally four episodes. I swear to you, it was like four episodes, right? We get exposed to Vrim and find out who Vrim is, Vrim. We're like, oh shit, it's literally, they're taking people and using them, but they're not even alive, but they used us and gave us immortality as them to take over us and get a portal to bring them to our reality through this planet. And now the Kalaxosauruses were not bad. They're just kind of dead, but we're gonna fight together to kill, oh, what is going on? Trust me, I understood it was rushed. I'm not defending that. I'm just saying that wasn't enough for me to say the show was a wash. That wasn't enough for me to say I missed the point of the story. That wasn't enough for me to say the show was absolute dog water, hot dog water, smelling for four days straight. It wasn't that overwashed for me. I understand, and I had friends that said this too. Oh, Zero Two, you're talking about Ship Girl, the one who just turns into a ship and destroys this random enemy out of nowhere? No. Verm, Vrim, whatever you want to pronounce, I'll just say Verm. Verm is a reflection of the wolves inside of us. What one do you feed? The good wolf or the bad wolf? That's all it was. And the reflection was beautifully told. And to see Hero and also Zero Two form that bond. And spoiler alert, I know, sorry, cover earmuffs. Earmuffs if you haven't seen the show yet. To finally destroy the enemy and to respawn in the world that they saved. Like basically getting to bears the fruit of their labor. We just hate to hate. I'm going to say it. We literally hate to hate. I have had so many people, and I mean this when I say this. I don't care what people rate the show. I just appreciate people going to my podcast page and leaving a rating and a comment because I do this for you guys. So to hear your feedback and stuff, it makes it all worthwhile, right? There have been so many people who give me a negative rating just for me saying that One Piece is not the GOAT. 
Like that just shows you how crazy the fandom is of certain shows. But that's not what this is about. This is about the grander picture of people being authentic and talking about the things they see, correct? It's the way I see it. I mean, it's the same thing when I talk about different shows that a lot of people don't like, but I talk about things that are good about it and bring it to a different forefront for them. Point in case, Sword Art Online, Kirito, and Zero Two. Funny how they're both behind me. Kind of worked out perfectly, didn't it? <laughs> so I do think that Darling in the Franks and Sword Art Online are absolutely overhated. Now, another show... And this one kind of upsets me to know that there's a lot of people who hate on this show just to hate because I really want to climax. I want to climax <laughs> on this actual understanding of what I'm telling you guys. So when I say a show, and I won't give the name right away, I'm going to give you kind of details about the show. And I want to see if you can catch on to the show I'm saying to see if you really kind of understand where I'm going with this. Okay, let's try this. What if I gave you a show where everything from the first episode all the way to the last episode are connected and interjointed in one of the most elaborate and beautiful spiderwebs I've ever seen in my life? What if I gave you a terminology saying full circle where everything connects to the source and start and it's ever flowing infinitely to infinity and beyond? What if I told you it's a story that touches on topics that most people say you should never have a conversation with because you'll upset somebody. Do you know what those topics are? Religion and politics. What if I told you I have a show for you that is not only going to give you multiple characters that you're going to empathize with, hurt with, and almost be demonstracized and ripped your heart out when you see things that happen to these characters, and what if I told you it is the ultimate test of what you see as good and bad? And the main character himself is the first one in anime history to take himself from protagonist and make himself antagonist. Would you think of the show that I'm saying? And I'm sure you probably have some ideas and you've thought of a few, but there's a couple of people I'm sure that know what I'm talking about. Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan is probably, if not indescribably, one of the most hated shows for no damn good reason at all. Anybody who has sat down and watched the entirety of Attack on Titan knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's one of those shows where when you watch it and you complete it and you see everything that's happened to right now, where we're at, waiting for September or October, whenever it is, that they finally release the movie episode to complete the entire show. I've heard people say they're milking it. I'm sorry, what? I have heard people tell me to my face, Attack on Titan, the directors, producers, writers, the production company, whoever's in charge is milking it. Whew. Obviously, we understand the terminology of milking completely different. A show that is milking its product means it is constantly setting you up to come back for another cup. To tell you that somebody is milking you means that they are taking advantage of you simply because they can't. 
Now understand this. Attack on Titan is one of the most complex stories I have watched. And I have watched almost probably a thousand animes now. The reason why I say this is that you need to understand Attack on Titan is never going to be done again. Let that sink in for a moment as I say that, as I get chills saying it. We will never see again in our entire life what is happening on Attack on Titan's screen. Do you understand everything that we have seen up to the culmination of where the entire world, friend, foe, ally, enemy, I don't even know what else I could say. Background characters, secondary characters, we thought dead characters are all united now to fight one common enemy. The person who is trying to save the world too. Isn't it insane that people literally still have the most below mind conversation I could ever imagine? Oh, dude, are you telling me that you're for genocide? Oh my God, dude, how could you support Aaron Yeager in the Yeagerists? Are you retarded? How could you ever be for somebody doing that much damage to the world? Okay, first off, I think your McNuggets are done. I think your mom cut the crust off of your uh, PB&J and take a seat for this real conversation. The purpose of what Aaron Yeager did was to end generations of suffering, pain, war, famine, genocide, neglect. Y'all forget what happens offside, outside of Paradise Island, right? Like, y'all really don't know what the, what the Cremuggins is going on out there. We think it's all mumbly-bumbly, right? Like, is it all of a sudden, like, people around the world are just chilling? Like, everybody was chilling, right? And Paradise Island was the, the end-all, be-all, right? That's why? They were the ones that fucked everything up? That's, that's why, right? I'm just so confused that people really don't understand that the first effing episode was the ending. The first episode was the ending. Aaron Yeager is the most in-depth character that I have had the advantage of enjoying. So this is what's crazy to me. Aaron Yeager is literally, and I mean this when I say this, quite literally, the savior of the world. How insane is that? How insane is it to know that Aaron Yeager is saving the world by destroying it? Isn't that amazing? Isn't it unbelievable to really think about the fact that Aaron Yeager had to do the thing nobody else probably could? And I mean this when I say this, he has always wanted to be stopped. He has never once wanted to do what he's doing. He was never about what is happening to the entirety of the world. And he never wanted to do any of it. But guess what? His back was against the wall. Guess what? When push comes to shove, how do you survive? When the world tells you to stop, how do you keep going? And he found a way. He literally made it to where he finally was able to be where he was supposed to. And I kid you not, Phoenix, 
TikTok is one of the most bullshit fucking platforms I've ever been on. They literally just stopped my live because I said probably trigger words. He said the R word. He said the G word. Bro, piss off. Y'all can't handle the truth. Go watch some dumb fuck streamers who will sit there and do, Ooh, thank you very much, handsome. Ooh, thank you for the pop, pop, pop. There's enough brain dead zombies out there. I ain't gonna be one. The fact is, Attack on Titan, and I really mean this when I say this, Attack on Titan gets hate for being the best. Do you know who I can relate Aaron Yeager to and Attack on Titan? That is the first thing I always think about. LeBron James. Now understand this. This is removing the political stuff and beliefs of LeBron and all that. I'm talking about public figure. Myself, I work in the sports realm still, right? I work within Fox Sports Radio, FS1. I hear sports all the time. I don't care about it because I think it's basically just modern day gladiators for, you know, normies. That's fine. Everybody likes their stuff, man. I love anime. I love talking about it because there's a lot of hidden messages within it. LeBron is hated because he was the best in the world. And guess what people said? He's not Jordan. I'm sorry, what? He's not Kobe. Bro, of course, he's LeBron. (laughs) I never understood the conversation. Oh, dude, he's got to win more. He can't keep losing these titles. He's got to be the best. What? Is that really what this is? You can't just appreciate greatness. I promise all of you, and I really mean this when I say this, as soon as LeBron retires... And he's been gone from the basketball world for a few years. People are going to miss him. People missed Kobe Bryant. They still do. People missed Michael Jordan. Still do. Fact of the matter is, is when you become one of the best of the best, and you become somebody who is so prolific in your field of exposure, you become a master craftsman in your field of play, you're going to have a lot of hate. And I mean a lot of hate. I see it all the time. Do you know how many people hate on me for simply just doing what I love? Talking anime. Out of the like thousands of compliments I get, there's equally a thousand hates. And that's fine though. I'm not doing this to be loved. If that was the case, all I would talk about is One Piece. Because trust me when I say this, I've said it before, so I'll say it again. It's the algorithm. Why do you think social media, and especially content creators, all follow trends? Because it's guaranteed views. So guess what people do? Follow the views. I'm not that type. I do what I love, and I say what I think. And in doing so, it lets me be different, and connects to you on a real level of authenticity and a stream of consciousness. We're going to miss LeBron when he's gone. And I'm telling you right now... I'm going to miss Aaron Yeager when Attack on Titan is gone. I think the show does something I've never seen before. It finds the perfect way of not only tying politics, some really harsh issues within the world and what happens to the people, and also what is going on around everybody, even connected to the deep original Titan and what she had to go through. It's insane to me. And honestly, I can't wait for it to finish Because as soon as that last episode is confirmed to come out, I'm going to watch the entire thing and prep myself and place myself to be in perfect position to watch that last episode fully caught up, to enjoy the experience. Because what is all of this about? The human experience. And I think it's overhaped for no good reason. And it sucks. It really does hurt my heart to know that 
it sucks that people aren't going to appreciate it. And you know what's crazy? I'm going to shout out Rafi for this one too. It's the same thing as Lelouch from Code Geass. Not as an extreme level, but guess what? Lelouch isn't off free in Scotch either. What did Lelouch do in Code Geass? And this isn't even saying, because trust me, everybody loves Code Geass, everybody loves Lelouch. There's no hate here. Just comparing the characters himself, right? Lelouch and Aaron Yeager. What did Lelouch do? He might have committed genocide, did he not? Everybody who's Japanese, could you? <laughs> really? How about everything else that happens? Everything connected to his story, where he becomes the enemy of the world to save the world. You know, it's really funny, and I've realized majority of people will never understand this. Aaron Yeager, also Lelouch, they have built themselves up to understanding we have been bred to hate one another. Why do you think the start of Code Geass, they're literally killing off the Japanese for no reason? Other than, you know why? Racism, hate, discrimination. He realizes, and so does Aaron Yeager, if there's no one enemy that everyone can get behind in hating, they'll never all join each other. Why do you think all of a sudden, aliens are everywhere? Huh, I wonder how you get the whole world to join forces and calm arms. It's a small world after all. Same thing. So to myself, <coughs> I really mean this when I say this. It hurts my heart to know that there are a lot of people who really don't appreciate Attack on Titan. And to really hear people hate on Aaron Yeager to where we actually have to have this debate of is he right or wrong? How is that a conversation? Like, really? We're going to talk about if he did the right choice or the wrong choice? Crazy. But I do say that actual purpose and everything behind him, I love the guy, man. I love him. And it hurts my heart to see how much he gets hated on, especially the show itself. Now, another one where I can understand the hate, and I do understand why some people have an issue with it. I would have to say a lot of people hate on Naruto. Naruto is very interesting to me because not only the main character himself, but the way people view Naruto, it's kind of interesting to me because we can all agree everybody has made it like a cultural normality to hate on Sakura, right? She's useless. Oh, here's a picture of Sasuke, Naruto, and Sakura at 100% power. Now there's a picture of Naruto and Sasuke at 99.99% power. I get it. It's fun to hate. It's fun to have somebody to be the comedy relief. I get it with Sakura. I really do. I do think she's useless at times, but it's fine. I understand the hate. But to hate on a show that I truly mean a lot of people have as one of their favorite shows of all time, it's kind of interesting to me. A lot of people, and trust me when I say this, it's not even in my top 10. I never really got into it as much as a lot of other people did. I finished like one or two seasons. I was like, all right, I'm cool. I get what the point is. I'm good on it. It's like a lot of shonens for me. It's really hard for me to get in depth with shonens because everybody's got the type where, and I get it, trust me. Like there's people who I talk about slice of life or rom-coms and they're like, oh yeah, Toradora is a small girl, palm top tiger. She's annoying, beats up Ryuji. What am I watching? I get it. People have shticks, right? People have the type of things they enjoy watching. No hate. I get it. The kind of thing that's interesting to me, though, and makes me question, how is it, though, that within this show, how is it 
that we just find a way to neglect what has been like almost in a sense royalty. If you really think about it, it's one of those shows that has been around for a long time and is actually the reason, just like Dragon Ball Z with Goku, that a lot of people like anime nowadays that are back from the 90s and early 2000s. Even some from the 80s, those old heads who watched a little bit of the early Dragon Ball before Z. That's a very, it's a very big pivotal role for a lot of people. So why would we hate it just because we don't like it? You know, like that's, it's questionable to me. But trust me, I said it too, and I'll say it again. I can understand why some people dislike it. I as well. It seemed too, uh, like it just seemed a little bit too kiddier for me. It's just like uh, Demon Slayer. No hate to Demon Slayer. I just love to do my whole shtick of the Kamitsu no Yaiba. It's just for fun. I love having fun. That's why we entertain. I get it though. But when you really learn about Naruto's past and how Naruto started, where his family is, what the hell's inside of his stomach, his ambitions, the world around him, everybody hating him for just basically what he was born into, there's a lot of things there that can make you relate and have compassion for. So I can see why a lot of people neglect it or dislike it. As I was mentioning before in this whole podcast, a lot of the time it's a reflection of inner self that people don't enjoy. I get it. I understand it. Doesn't mean I'm about it, but I understand it. It's okay. It's okay to not like something, but just don't spew hate to spew hate. That's the issue I have. These shows are overhated and it sucks. They're very overhated because again, we have to think of it this way, right? Let's say you don't think of it as one of the best shows ever made. Okay, that's a good thing. Because if there are shows that you don't enjoy, that makes you find shows you do. <laughs> you know? You got to have things that compare and contrast. If I've only had the best food in the world, how do I know it's the best food in the world if it's all I've eaten? I had to have a lot of McDonald's as a kid to know I never want to eat that shit again. <laughs> you know? Like, no hate to them. I just don't like their food. You know? It's like, I see what it is. And I understand it. And I can see why people kind of lose their way in understanding of what is good and bad. <clears throat> That's why I've said it before, and I'll keep saying it. <clears throat> Hold on, frog in my throat. I think a lot of people are on that one-piece train just to be a part of the hype. I mean, be realistic. Most people have FOMO. Most people are fearful of missing out on a dope opportunity. That's okay. Everybody has their forte. When I was younger, my early 20s or my late teens, you know, like 19, 13, or what, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, I had that where I was really yearning to be a part of something. I couldn't do things on my own. If I wanted to go to the beach, I had to hit somebody up or I couldn't go. If I want to go to the movies to watch a new movie, I had to hit somebody up or else I wouldn't go. I want to go try a new restaurant out or go do something, go skating at the beach. I needed somebody with me or I couldn't do it. But I've grown and you start to realize man, why do I need to put myself out for somebody else for no reason? They're not even going to enjoy it as much as I am because I'm going for myself. I'm not going for them. Why do you think relationships are so upside down or friendships? It's just all of these things are trickling reflections of how we dislike certain shows. I hope you're like connecting the dots here within this whole podcast. That's what this whole thing is about. These shows and a lot of these characters are overly hated for no reason. Trust me, you want to talk about a character that I could not stand and still have an issue relating to two of them. I'm gonna give you two right now that I'm kind of dislike about, okay? Zenetsu from Demon Slayer and Asta from Black Clover. Can you guess why both of them kind of ticked me off? I'm sure you can. <laughs> I'm sure it makes sense, doesn't it? 
I'm sure it kind of makes you wonder, oh, hmm, maybe he's not about the whole overly yelling, over-the-top noise, and constantly being too much. I have a lot of people in my life, still to this day, that I know, that talk too much. They talk just to talk. Why are we talking? We're just wasting nothingness. There's no point to any of this conversation. But then I realize, well, it's because they just want a little bit of time with somebody. They need that connection. They need somebody to listen to them. Okay. Asta, why was he yelling so much? Because nobody would pay attention to him. Nobody would listen to him. And that was his motivation to push even harder. Why is Zenetsu the same way he is? Why is he so over the top? Oh, oh. He kind of just whines like it really trips me out. I know I was kind of moaning there, but he's like, Nezuko-chan. It's too much. I think it's too much. Nobody walks around doing that. I mean, you might mess around with your friends, but it's like the same whole debate with dub and sub. Japanese people don't walk around and talk like that all the time, okay? They put it on for anime. It's the same thing. Certain attributes and aspects of characters, I dislike. But you will not see me sitting on here telling you, Zenetsu is trash, absolute ass character. He's a wasteful part of the actual formation of the Demon Slayer team in Demon Slayer. He's gonna kill people. Boy can't even fight nobody unless he's half asleep. Or all asleep, basically. Or Asta. He's just yelling every episode. Ah! Ah! I get it. <laughs> they have their own appeal. And so I understand it. I might stay away, but it doesn't mean I can't appreciate. So... I think that's why I like certain shows and certain characters. I really understand where the vibe goes. And I really understand why certain people don't like it or they hate it or they love it. It's really a reflection of self. So a couple more shows we have to talk about because I mean like quite literally, I was very sad to know that when I looked back on these shows, some of them actually deserved like to be thought about negatively and hated on a little bitly. A little bit, Lee? Is that a word? Let's write that one down. How about Boku no Hero? I'm sorry, uh, I wrote it down wrong. Boku no Pico and the young love of finding your Oni-chan at a young age and being a chaperone and also a big brother figure to the young ones out there. <laughs> Boku no Hero. Academia. We could say the same things about Deku. Could we not? Couldn't we say the same things about how Deku... Carries himself? Huh. And how he also maybe cries a lot? Is very emotional? A little too needy? A little too reliant? Sure, those are valid points. But, what's his backstory? How did he live? Oh, he's in a world where he has no powers? And his favorite people in the world are superheroes who have powers? Hmm. Admiring people of the things you don't have. Grew up in a single parenthood, like it seems most of these anime shows do, which reflects to probably a lot of anime fans who have family issues at home. Hmm, okay. So I understand why he's emotional. Oh, very reliant on All Might. Because he is a what? Father figure. Okay, I see it. Do I think a lot of the secondary characters have no real purpose or persona or value? Yeah, a lot of them feel like background characters. Does the story itself and how it plays out with a lot of these villains 
seem like it has no zest or juice? Sure, I could say that. My favorite antagonist in all of Boku no Hero, My Hero Academia, Overhaul. And I could even sit here and argue, was Overhaul really a bad guy? I know, I said it. I done said it. He is a very fascinating character. Born into a certain type of life, bred into some kind of existence, nurtured and taken in by a certain type of people, and then he does what he believes in his mindset is the best for his people and his view on the world. Now, we can sit here and talk about hurting others, right? And doing certain things, sure. There's always right and wrong. But what is true good and evil? I think Star Wars is a very good depiction of that. Who are the rebels? And who is the Empire? Are the Jedi's really good people? Or is the Empire? Is one side killing? Okay. Is one side controlling? Oh! Oh! We having a deep conversation! That's what I think about a lot of these. And it really makes me question the whole premise of what it means to hate. That's why I thought this would be such an interesting conversation. Why are some of these shows so hated? Why is Kirito neglected? Why is Zero Two disdained on? Why is Aaron Yeager seen as some demon? Why is Zenetsu? Why is uh, all of these characters, Asta, I mean, why are they seemed as annoying? Like, you see where I'm getting at? This is such an interesting persona of this conversation. How about another one from Attack on Titan? Let's go with Gabby. Gabby? You know how many people be hating on Gabby? A lot of people. But why? Was she just doing what she knew was right? How about Rolo from Code Geass? We gonna have that conversation? Rachel from Tower of God? Some could say she played her role too well. I hear a lot of people hate on Monkey D. Luffy. I hear a lot of people hate on Edward from Cowboy Bebop. I hear a lot of people talk crap on Saitama from One Piece. Goku from Dragon Ball. I'm just saying, man. It doesn't make sense to me. How about Nero? and Light Yagami from Death Note, and the fact that so many people hated that L was removed from Death Note. Couldn't I argue that's the whole point of the story? Was for Kita to come over that one giant hill in front of him, to finally obtain freedom, to chase and pursue the world he's always wanted to create? Is Kita bad? I don't know. It seems like Light Yagami had a vision about the mortal race and humans that wasn't far off. A lot of people doing bad stuff and treating the world terribly and hating one another for no reason. He saw us as parasites. So who did he end up killing with his death note? Good people? Not a lot of bad people. And then guess what happened? The police department, L, all started trying to catch him. But... Crime went down. A lot of bad people start, stopped doing bad stuff because they were fearful of dying, of repercussions for their bad crimes. Kind of interesting, isn't it? Like the conversation, but he gets hated. 
I hear so many people hate on the fact that Death Note falls off a cliff after L, going into Nero, going into, I forget the other guy's name off the top of my head, and that whole back half of the descent from the climax, and seeing what happens now with Kira when he has full range, and exactly what happens with him when he starts relying on other people. Fascinating conversation, isn't it? I can admit, the show isn't the same after L disappears, but it's not supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? It's canon, my boy. It's going to grow you. You're going to learn today. you about to grow up big and strong. He had to. Guess what was one of the most iconic moments in all of Death Note? When he gets caught at the end and you see him have that moment of not only pompous, this just, this just huge persona that he's built himself of thinking he's a god, to reverting in that final moments when he knows it's too late into a child again and being terrified of what's about to happen to him. Crazy, right? I'm just saying, man, some of these shows, I think, just go off people's heads. Just like Shinji from Neon Genesis. I talked about it towards the beginning of this podcast. He is hated because the whole show is about him. F that kid. Can't even talk to his own pops. Kid can't even pilot a mech. Kid can't even decide for himself what he wants to do. It's the point of the show. Accepting himself. It's crazy, right? I think that's why, from like a grander standpoint, in a real conversation, uh, conversation, there are certain characters that I believe the focal point of them being not a really good character is open to the discussional standpoint of bringing in like the quote-unquote hate, right? Let me tell you somebody who just pisses me off. I'm telling you, I dropped this show halfway into season two, even though I think there's a season three now or they announced a season three. I don't know. I've dropped off completely because it's just too much cat and mouse for me. Kazuya. Kazuya from Rent-A-Girlfriend. I would almost put Chizuru on there too. I had a lot of love for Chizuru, but Chizuru also kind of pisses me off in Rent-A-Girlfriend. They also call it Rag in the community. It's kind of wild to me that they really be overplaying this cat and mouse thing and emphasizing that time of my life that I just never want to go back to. Being so self-conscious where you cannot admit to the person you like them. And it gets so played out. I'm talking about so played out. Where Homie and her are literally going to each other's life events like her acting and him with uh, Ruka and all this stuff and they still, they still just can't admit it. I'm telling you, and I know this is why it annoys me and I can't watch it, I'm somebody who prides himself off of articulation, communication, conversation, and having the ability to be upfront and aware of what's going on, right? To have somebody as a character, two of them, I should say, and that young attribute, oh man, there's been so many times I've had a part of a conversation where people are like, oh man, if I can go back to being young again, bro, the world I would live, I don't want to go back. I'm chilling, big dog, chilling. You know how bad of a time that was? You know like how emotionally driven you were by your like testosterone and your growth hormones and filled with just young, dumb and full of cum and just all this stuff, you know, like who would want to go back to that much of an ignorant part of their life? But people say it's like, oh no, it was just so simpler. Times were better. It was easier. Ignorance is bliss, they say. For me personally, that's not my cup of tea. 
Which is why certain characters like Kazuya and Chizuru piss me off. Don't get me wrong. If it's done in a different type of setting, I'm about it if it's played out right. Do you want me to give you an example? Toradora. Ryuji and Taiga Isaka. I love that portrayal of how they play it because he's trying to get with her friend and she's trying to get with his friend. And in doing so, not only is that young love game kind of fun, but the thing that gets really interesting with it is they start to develop an understanding of the relationship they built as really good friends. And I'm sure you guys have heard this before too. A lot of people really don't like slice of lives. They don't. I've had so many people tell me, I live life. Why do I need to watch life? Bro, that doesn't make any sense. I was never in a high school setting and in that situation to enjoy that type of attributes. So I enjoy it because that's why we watch it. Why do you think people like watching One Piece? Because they can't be a pirate today. Why do you think people like Naruto? Because they can't be a ninja. You know, like My Hero Academia. We're not superpowers, you know? Like, it's crazy that people don't realize we learn and love to the things that we attribute to our lives that we maybe never got to enjoy, right? I'll admit this now, and I really mean this when I say this. I am a hopeless romantic from start to finish. I love so hard. I'm in one of the worst times to be a hopeless romantic because we live in a very simp society where there's a lot of guys at the bottom doing so much for these girls who think they're a part of the top. And then it makes this very distorted balance of, I guess you could say connections or possibilities or the dating scene to where finally these girls up here lower their standards because they can't get what they want. And the guys who stopped caring started working on themselves. So now they don't want each other. It's like, we're just like bred to hate one another, you know? So that's why I like being a hopeless romantic because finding an authentic, true love in today's world, is pretty non-existent. I won't lie. I was born in the 90s, right? So I'm a millennial who grew up on a lot of that OG good Disney love. Like I'm talking about that real love, right? From a movie standpoint. And it's funny because there's so many people I've talked to that all tell me the same thing. Oh, love's not like a movie. Love's not like the notebook. Well, I mean, you could argue a lot of love is like the notebook. People start loving, go their separate ways, come back together, find the true love aspects, fight for one another. There's a lot of that, right? But we kind of get lost in the sauce, and now we're overvaluing ourselves. Like, my shit don't stink. I deserve everything. He should pay for all this. Then the guys are like, no, F them. Nobody wanted me when I was nobody. Now I have everything. I don't want nobody. You know, it's like just a constant back and forth. So when I watch a show that shows me the good attributes, I enjoy it, right? So that's why I like Slice of Life's, because I'm very unfortunate of being able to find that type of lifestyle, you know? It's not very privy. But that's why these shows, and personally, again, the whole hate mentality and hating a lot of these shows for no reason, it sucks. It really does suck. And I think that's why hopefully through this conversation with all of you, we've kind of become more privy to understanding the things we like and dislike and not hating other people just because they don't like it as much as I do or disdaining a show just because I can understand why all these people are on board with it and I'm not. There's a middle ground, and I've found that too. Trust me, back when I was doing the Weeb Nation stuff, and we reviewed shows every single week, Space Cowboy, he made us do this one show in the fan pick season called Drifting Dragons. Let me tell you this. That show is an ass pit. <laughs> so, there is no point to the show. It is literally wailing in the air with dragons. 
That's all it is. It's like whaling. If you've ever seen the whaling things where they go out and they're like, oh, we're going to get it for its blubber and food and survive. It's the same thing. There was really no point to Drifting Dragons. But guess what? I appreciate watching it, just like Grim Wars of Zero, which was a terrible show. And there's one more I'm trying to think of, but I'm not remembering at the top of my head. I appreciate the really bad shows because they make me like the good shows even more. So I won't hate these ones. I'll just tell you how bad they were. <laughs> you know, like it's, There's no need to hate. It's just being aware. We gotta tone it down, man. Like That's the big thing I hope we take from this again is we learn to not overly hate things to hate it, but to have passion. So again, Rachel from Tower of God. Do you know I've never wanted to sock my TV more in my life than that final episode of season one? I was so ready to square up with a animated character, a two-dimensional character. I was ready to square up with. I would never punch a girl. Rachel made me think about it. <laughs> that says something. I was just baffled. That character, especially how she did our boy Bomb throughout all of it, made him simp for her, then dropped him like a hot bag of mess, made him with no closure, nothing, to where he chases her, and she still uses him. Dog, I was like, Mommy-chan from Rent-A-Girlfriend? Bro, I was only talking about Chizuru and Kaguya, or Kazuya. How about Mommy-chan? The literal cesspool of what a lot of people turn into. Using you for your time, to fill their boredom, to see you as just a piece of meat to benefit themselves, and then as soon as you have normal, uh, no more value in their eyes, or they're bored with you, or see something better, they drop you like a hot bag of mess. And the best part about those people too, oh, they're not even done. No, they're not done with you. They'll make sure to keep their eyes on you, because as soon as you start glowing up and doing better than them, or they find themselves bored again, they come right back to you, honey boo boo. And guess what they do? destroy it that much more by making you fall for them again because they're the one that left you. They made you the one that felt like you did something wrong. You weren't good enough. You simp for them so they can come back and use it when they want to. Evil. Mami-chan is an evil character. I was so pissed like when people were telling me to, oh dude, just wait. She's gonna have like a, her own arc. She's gonna have a redemption arc. I was like, leave that redemption arc in the street with her. She does not deserve to have that. Not now at least. She's gotta really see the errors of her ways. And I believe people deserve second chances, but that, by gosh almighty, that hurts. Because I, again, like we started this podcast, there's a lot of things within anime characters and shows that reflect on us and the parts we hated. I was that kid. I remember back in high school, I liked these girls so much, they never returned it, and they played me. And I was so pissed about it. But that's how we learn, right? <laughs> you will never catch me hating a show. Never. I promise you guys and girls... It's they, thems. I will never hate just to hate. I will never tell somebody else what to do. I will never poo-poo on you other than for your bad takes, <laughs> just for fun. But I will never let it define you as a person. I will never think differently of you, unless you're Space Cowboy, <laughs> for the type of shows and stuff you like. It's just fun. All of this is opinion-based. It's like a butthole. We all have one and it smells like poop. <laughs> you know? So I love you guys. So I hope that was like a little bit of a fun conversation and also at the same time, a little bit of an eye opener to understanding where the hate really comes from and kind of taking a stance and telling you almost 99% of these shows, if not 95% of them, 
really don't deserve the hate. It's really just the fan base that really drives people away. Like One Piece, the fandom is what really drives me away from it. It's because these over-the-sensuating fans and any creator who makes a video on it goes viral. It's like, ugh, it just, yeah, it just, I don't like the easy road, right? That's why I work so hard. It's the same thing, man. Like, I just don't like doing it to just do it, you know? So, that was fun. I had a blast. I thank all of you for being a part of the live first stream. That's really first first on, or second we'll say, on Twitch. So I have to shout out those who have shown up as I scroll through it. Shout outs to Valve. Shout outs to Mew Mew Power. Shout outs to Coconut. Shout outs to Mary. Mercerler? Mercurier? Mercerler? Shout outs to Rafi. Shout outs to Phoenix. Shout outs to everyone who made their way here. It was an honor to be a part of your day. And it was an honor to have you guys see me do what I love. And to tell your guys selves too, you were one of the first to see this here before everybody else did. That's how you know you're a real fan. And you don't just turn into, when I become like the one piece of anime podcasting and stuff like that, you don't just jump on because it's trendy. You were here because you enjoyed the passion. So enjoy the rest of your weeks. I love you guys for being here. I'm so thankful for being a part of this and F you TikTok for stopping my live just because you are a PC bullcrap and somebody reported me for probably saying something they were offended by. <sighs> I got hate on a show that was about being overhated. How funny is that? I almost could call that poetry. <laughs> Next week is the start of my vacation. We're gonna have an absolute blast. And even though Senpai doesn't have a car right now, don't worry. I was blessed with two feet. I'll get anywhere I need to. I'll talk to you guys next week. Make sure to follow, like all the content. You can get all my stuff on my link tree on any social media platform. Follow the Twitch page because at least on there I can still go live. Who knows about TikTok moving forward, but I'll talk to you guys next week. Anime Senpai, out.